up Leeds it's a snowy all day today not enough snow in Beeston for my liking but you never know I might get some as the day moves on on this corona bloody virus extraordinary episode of light on Leeds I have got Cheska Joy coming to speak to me she is the artistic director and founder of Imagine If a theatre company I have a great chat with her she's a very interesting person and I'm sure that you'll all enjoy it have a listen on this Corona Bloody Virus extraordinary episode of Light on Leeds, I have got Cheska Joy, who has remotely connected to speak to me today. Hello, Cheska. Hello, how are you? I'm very well, thank you very much. Thank you for uh, connecting with me today. It's okay. So you are the founder and artistic director of the Imagine If Theatre Company. Yes. Can you tell me how you got started in that? Have you always been interested in theatre? Yeah, I started, I think I was always a bit of a bit of an actress growing up. And I, I started acting, there was no access where I lived, where I came from. There was, there was nothing for theatre until I went to high school. And I started, you know, doing all the drama lessons, being in, involved in the drama groups after school. And I started writing at school, but I didn't realise I started writing at school. Um, basically, I um, was a little bit cheeky sometimes and sometimes would get put in isolation. Do you know what that is? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But for people who don't... Yeah, so for people who don't, it's... Uh, but, but I don't know if they even do this anymore, if it's even allowed. But um, back in the day, if you were naughty um, and you got sent to isolation, it's basically a room where you sit on your own. You can't go to break, you can't go to lunch, you can't see your friends in classes and you have to work. Like, it's like lockdown. <laughs> you have to work <laughs> remotely. And I was just really bored in isolation one day. So I just started writing loads of quite... Um, <laughs> quite not I won't say aggressive but kind of saying I shouldn't be here like this is not right poems in isolation yeah. and they actually ended up getting re- read out in like my year group's assembly because they were really good so it was really weird because I was getting praised for my writing <laughs> but I was in isolation so yeah I didn't realize that's kind of when I guess I started writing and it was about what I saw what was wrong in the world I guess so it's quite interesting that it's it's carried through kind of all my life um to what I do now yeah and so when you started with your poetry is that when you started to get involved in theatre work and acting? Um, yes, I started being involved in drama at the same time in secondary school. And I used to do all the shows. I did all the shows at school. And then I did the National Theatre, the National Youth Theatre when I was about 15. And we kind of got through all the rounds. So we got to perform in the West End, in the Olivier. And for a girl from Cass, that was just <laughs> like mine. And we got to work with Alan Rickman, wow. um, who's obviously incredible. And I just think I was like, yeah, I'm going to be an actress. That is what I'm going to do. And that's, I never really thought I'd write or have a company. I was like, I'm going to be an actress. And then I went to college and studied, I did a BTEC in performing arts and then went on to university and did theatre. So originally I trained solely as an actress and then um, I started doing stand-up comedy quite a bit oh really yeah it was one of the uh, courses that I did in my final year at university and um through doing stand-up obviously I was writing my own material so that's when I kind of started going oh yeah this is the writing stuff and this is actually for a performance so I started realizing oh okay I, I can write a bit and then the acting and writing kind of fused and I think the kind of social change maker inside of me the angry 14 year old girl in isolation wanted to make a difference as well and that's kind of where Imagine If came from. So your Imagine If theatre company how did you even formulate the idea about you know going from acting and doing stand-up what led you down that path? Um, I think what it was was um, because I've obviously always been involved in theatre and the arts I think I just 
I think I was just really pissed off, to be honest. I think I was really quite pissed off at a lot at the arts and at how middle class it was and how um, non-accessible and how there was lots of claims. I saw lots and lots of companies saying, oh, you know, we're doing this massive show and that they were making a difference to people's lives through it. But they weren't. And I was like, you can't do that. You can't helicopter into a society and take somebody's story and exploit it for commercial gain. That's not okay. So I was like... Well, I'm going to do it. If I'm, I'm going to make shit hot, amazing theatre with a social message, and I'm going to make sure the people who that social issue affects, we make an active difference to their life. Um, I mean, it's all good going to watch a show, but your life's not going to change from that. So then I really, really went into it. And, you know, we became a registered charity. I did lots and I did years and years of research and um, with loads of third sector charitable organisations and worked a lot in prisons and with young adults in care to make sure off the back of the show or, or whatever it was we were creating, there was there was an active difference to these people's lives. That's great. So you saw a gap, really, for yeah. you, you felt like that people were sort of really putting the money where the mouth is kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I thought, well, I'm going to do it and I'm going to make sure it's done right. And there's a lot more companies, you know, as I've as imagined it's grown over the last five, six years. There's loads more companies that I've now seen or have been established or I've connected with who are doing amazing work, you know, Open Clasp, Clean Break, Slung Low. Yeah. There's so many that are not just... Put, you know doing things for their communities for other people through the arts um so it's really nice to see and it's really heartening um to see that there is other people out there with kind of similar vested interests so what kind of places do you take your plays and performances to so um we take them to all to to theatres big theatres regional theatres and fringe festival to make sure we reach audiences because at the end of the day we are a theatre company and that's what we do first and foremost but also to educate the public and mm-hmm. um, so people leave and go oh I didn't even know that happened in the world or just to kind of show them a different side of what goes on sometimes and then we also take it to community centres sometimes to specialised centres so like the last tour Jadek went to a centre where a lot of blind and visually impaired people were and to Polish community centres where everybody who goes there is of Polish heritage and we also take all our work into prisons across the UK and again we don't just take a show in and then disappear we do intensive workshops after that we signpost people to you know certain therapists psychotherapy victim awareness and then we usually continue to work with them for as long as each individual needs so as well as getting to watch the show they get all that as well and do you get lots of great feedback from those groups yeah, yeah, on yeah, it's it's really it's really amazing the kind of feedback. We've we've had lots of people in prison um think we've written about them. Oh. their life yeah. and I've and I don't even know them and because it, it, they relate so much that's why as a writer I do so much research to make sure it is as relatable as possible yeah. but also true true to the root of the cause and true to the characters um so yes that's a huge responsibility for you then isn't it <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah it is um but I've got an amazing team around me that's grown with the company of last few years and we've got some amazing partners in place so it's um it, it's, it's a real team effort and how has this horrible horrible crazy old year affected your work so with Imagine If it, it's, it's kind of been different the first lockdown it really kind of hit And to make sure we survived, obviously, you know, we work in two of the biggest and most underfunded sectors in the world. We work in the arts and we work in the criminal justice sector. Mm. So um, most of my staff got furloughed. Uh, We honoured all our freelance contracts. um, And then I just kind of took over everything to make sure it 
to make sure Imagine If survived. Um, obviously, we couldn't tour work to any theatres. A lot of our face-to-face workshops stopped, but we made sure we uh, took on some support workers because a lot of people we work with have additional needs um, from homelessness to unemployment to vulnerability so we started ringing them every week yeah every single week we were ringing them sending them letters sending them emails texts creative learning packs we even even to the point it got to we were organizing and delivering food for people wow um yeah, and then we started doing some stuff as the lockdown started easing. We started doing some online work. So we've recently just done a documentary called Free as a Bird. And that's all with non-actors, people who've worked with us, you know, from over the last about four or five years, who've worked with us since being in prison um, and, that, and to their release. So I'll send you a link to that as well. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, I'd love to see that. Um, but at the moment, we're kind of, this lockdown, we feel quite a lot more prepared for. So we're, we're still running our face, because we're classed, a lot of the work we do, even though it is creative and it is the arts, is classed as a support service. Mm-hmm. So even though we're allowed groups, we're doing one-to-one support. So our doors, our office in Leeds is still open to people. We have trained support workers in place, trained uh, directors in place. So they're getting help with mental health, with addiction, with um, employment issues, as well as getting to express themselves creatively to get out any any anger or, or you know, just, just to give them a platform to have their voice heard. So they're still doing poems with us. They're helping us create a new short film that we'll be shooting later on this year. And we're looking at doing a podcast as well. So we're doing the best we can to kind of work-wise, yes, it's hit us hard as it has done so many in the arts, but we're just really adapting. And um, yeah, we, we feel we're in quite a strong position at the moment. And I imagine that all the work that you're doing with the people that, that you've just explained, of all times, this is the time when people do need to be able to find a way to communicate how they're feeling in, in whichever form. Yeah, definitely. It's so important. I mean, personally, I found the isolation so... I lived on my own during the first lockdown and I found it so overwhelming. And yeah, it's, you know, people are people and we're all social animals. We need other people around us and having having that weekly phone call, having that weekly face-to-face meeting, being able to write poems and, and film stuff and be creative as well as getting practical support. You know, one thing we always say is art saves lives. It literally does. And um, so, yeah, it's really important at the moment to make sure the people you work with, your service users, your neighbours, your friends, everybody's got that support. And I think, as a, you know, we are doing we are doing that more as a country, um, which is, is really nice to see. We are looking out for each other more. Yeah, I definitely feel like that. I mean, it's very easy, isn't it, to sort of let your thoughts spiral into negativity but you have to always try and balance it out with all the happy stories that you hear and like I was saying to you earlier before we started recording it's this second lockdown that's been difficult for me because of just because of the darkness and mm. not being able to get out and see my neighbours and things like that but you just have to find other things to do don't you and um, and like you said about connecting I mean I, I've always spoken to my mum a lot but we speak to each other way more now and we do little art Aww. challenges we're not neither of us are brilliant at it but we're, <laughs> we're having a go yeah and it just it just takes your mind out of out of the everyday 
worries that you could have and the spiral of watching the news that you could get into if you let yourself yeah definitely and uh so cheska i first came across you when the wonderful fair daughter <laughs> asked me to go along to one of your performances of jadek in york which i found just wonderful i wrote you a glowing review i thought it was fantastic um and that was a very personal story for you wasn't it yeah uh jadek was loosely based on me and my granddad and when I moved in with my granddad a few years ago, and that went on tour, it was meant to retour last year, obviously, coronavirus, but it, yeah, it toured, God, about 13 theatres, about three community venues, loads of prisons eh, back in autumn 2019. And what did your granddad think of it? Well, my granddad's 96 now. Um, yeah. He was 95 when it went on tour, so he didn't actually get to come see it. He's blind as well. Um, yeah. But I think, I think he was really excited. It was quite nice. Me and my granddad have a really um, unique relationship. He's... It's like he's like my twin. It's really weird. Um, we're like best friends. <laughs> um, <laughs> and yeah, I think he um, I think he was really, um, I think he felt quite, you know, he, he's from Poland, he's an ex-prisoner of war. He's been in this country, you know, been in Yorkshire many years. Um, he's obviously felt, faced a lot of, um, you know, racism, a lot of isolation um, because of where he's from and his background. I think he felt quite, um, I think it was quite good for him because I think he felt quite proud of himself. Yeah. You know what I mean? In a way, like that somebody was, that I was on the radio talking about him or that people, you know, his sons and daughters and, and granddaughter came to see a show that was based on him and, yeah. and, it, and it really kind of brought us together. But I do wonder if, if sometimes I think he might think I've just made it all up. <laughs> but, yeah. Well, I, I don't mind how much of it is fact and fiction. I really enjoyed yeah, it. And, and I've got that feeling from the play as well, that you have a very special relationship with each other. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it is, it is semi-autobiographical because, again, I'm not just going to take what's happened to him in his life or what's happened to me in my life and exploit it. Um, I don't mm-hmm. think that's okay to do, but I'm going to take the truth from it. And, um, and again, I want to make it relatable. So, again, I did loads of lots of research with war veterans and people with post-traumatic stress disorder uh people who are blind with polish heritage to make sure it was more relatable to other people and obviously it is a play it is a work of fiction so you know i could dramatize it but yes some of um the the basis of the two characters is very uh very true i really especially loved there was a whole series of jokes with the alexa alexa Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was great. And um, there was a bit with a joke as well, uh, yeah. where you had to know yeah. Polish for a certain word. Yeah. So basically, so when I lived with my granddad, so this is true. This is true because my granddad's a bugger. Uh, basically, when I lived <laughs> with my granddad, so in Polish, when you say cheers, like when you're having a beer, you say nastrovie. Yeah. So on a night yeah. when we lived together, we'd have a beer together and we'd say nastrovie. And then he um he started saying. And giggling. And I'm like, oh, what does that mean? Like, I know, I know Polish, I can speak it, but I'm born and bred in, in Britain and I didn't get taught it, so I don't, I don't, I can't speak it fluently. And um, he was like, oh, it means nothing. Sorry about my really bad Polish accent, by the way. I, I end up sounding Russian. Um, but he's like, oh, it means nothing, just, just Polish saying. And I was like, okay. And he kept saying it for like months and like giggling. And then I looked online and I found out for months, my granddad was saying to me, when we were saying cheers with a beer on a night, he was saying, cheers, you old cow, and laughing <laughs> to himself. 
He's a, yeah, he, he's a bugger. So yeah, that was um, something true that went into the play. And you, well, I, I did love that there was a lot of Polish people in the audience and Yes, yeah. that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. I heard them get the joke before I got the joke. Yeah, because I think in the play, the Polish people get it at the beginning because they hear static rock, yeah. yeah, and the English people don't get yeah. it till right at the end. And I just yeah, love, I love I loved the bond as well then because then that creates a bond in the audience between Polish and English people. And that's exactly how yeah, I felt. And yeah. I just and I just like the idea that everybody knows usually when they watch the play, they know Nestrovia means cheers. And it just might mean, okay, next time you're in the pub and someone Polish is in there, you might say that and it might open a conversation and it might th- there was so much after Brexit, there was so much um racial uh, crime and hate crime. And it, it massively increased, and I've seen yeah. that, and I've heard that, and I just kind of wanted to just break that down a little bit, and just kind of show people are people. Yeah, I always think about it. I've, I have a one of my best friends, Polish Marta. She's just one of the most beautiful, brilliant people. She tells the best Polish <laughs> stories, and uh, yeah, whenever I say cheese or her, I always think about you. <laughs> And so have you got lots of exciting things coming yeah. up? Yeah. So, um, again, we've just shot and produced this documentary, Free as a Bird. Um, I'm working on a, a digital performance, kind of like a short film at the moment, um, which we're going to have um, everybody who attends Phoenix, so people with convictions in it, and that'll be going to prisons across the country. Um, so it'll be an exciting form of entertainment as well as educational, because it'll have an educational workbook in it. I might be doing a spin-off of Jadek digitally, loosely called My Old Man. So look out for that. It's all fun independent. That sounds great. Um, I've actually just got um, some funding for a podcast, interestingly. I've never done podcasts and I always get really nervous, like I said to you before. I think, honestly, you'll find it fine. I used to absolutely hate hearing the sound of my own voice, but I've just had really? to get used to it. And now I've done so many episodes. It just it just feels like having a normal conversation, which I think is the thing that's yeah. nice about podcasts. I think they're less structured and they're less sort of, um, sort of stilted as a proper radio interview or anything like well, that. I'm doing that and it's all focused on women I think I've uh, at the moment I'm trying to expand because I've worked with men for so long and just with some personal things in my life I really want to start working with more women so I'm really excited to have this kind of female empowered podcast that I'm going to start working on that's yeah. great you'll have to give me a link because I love listening oh, to good. podcasts I'll definitely send it all across to you and um so I did hear you mention earlier yeah. Castleford. So I'm guessing that you've not lived in Leeds nope. your entire life. I've lived in I've been here on and off for about 12, 13 years. Which is exactly why you're completely qualified to answer the three questions that I always ask my guests. The first one being, what would you say is a thing that is great about the city of Leeds? What I love about Leeds is I love how diverse it is. It has people from all different backgrounds, all races, all ethnicities, and they don't just live here, but they all all their cultures here as well, you know, all in different parts of Leeds. And I, I really yeah. like that. I also like how many amazing companies are here, how much amazing work happens in the arts scene and in the charitable sector, mm-hmm. like the Real Junk Food Project, Slung Low. There's, there's so many really good companies that are here that are doing work rooted in the heart of their community yeah definitely I mean I'm a beneficiary of that because uh you know I just constantly have great people to talk to on the podcast it never it never runs out it never ends there's so many people all over Leeds doing so many fantastic things in just so many different ways and if you had to choose something that you think is not so great about the city what would you choose I'd say the amount of poverty in Leeds um 
in certain areas and mm-hmm. the crime levels. It's really sad to see, you know, you can go through Hare Hills to Round Hay and you'll have houses in Round Hay worth a million pounds and then you'll have people in Hare Hills whose ch- children can't eat yeah, um, and they don't have the access to certain things and I just don't think that's okay. And there's quite a divide there and that, that no. I've worked with that a lot and um, just, yeah, the amount of poverty here in certain areas. Yeah, that is a very, very bad thing, but I think it's something... I don't think it's just um, specific to Leeds. I think it feels like it's across the country. Yeah, and it sort of feels like a lot a lot during all of this feels like the gap is getting bigger, which is also worrying. Yeah, definitely. And if somebody had been a resident of Leeds for a long time, would you be able to tell them of something that you would consider to be a hidden gem that you think they might oh, never gosh, have heard of? a hidden gem. Well, I'd say Sunglo. I'm always shouting their praises. If you've not heard of it, go down when it's open. It's a, a theatre company in Holbeck. Uh, yeah. They're, they're um, own the oldest working men's pub. Um, what else would be a hidden gem in Leeds? I think I'm going to have to email you <laughs> my answer to that. I can't, I can't think. <laughs> yeah, there's later. lots. <laughs> I think if someone's lived here a long time, they'd probably know about it. But um, I'll have a real good think. Yeah, have a good think. Um, what will you be doing with the rest of your day today, Cheska? Uh, today I'm going back to work. I've got lots, of, uh, lots and lots of work to do, and then I'm going to see my granddad tonight. Um, oh, that sounds lovely. Yeah, it's all COVID secure. Please do I'm, pass on your love to him. I'm his carer. That's why I'm going to see him because. Ah, yeah. <laughs> Just so yeah, do please... I don't get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> do please say hello to him from me. I will do. We usually ask people if they've got a song, and you didn't have one in particular that you were that you had to put out there. But I've chosen a song on your behalf. It was sent to me by Lucy Meredith, who was one of the Bramley Mermaids. She's been a previous podcast guest, and it is by MFTA Kirkstall, which is a, a communal musical commune. And I felt like it was very fitting the song that they've written. Um, and this is a little blurb about the song. Um, it says, we wrote the song together. It's about making a home in Yorkshire, whether you come from here or not, and then being welcoming to others who are trying to do the same. So I just thought that fits really nicely. Oh, lovely. Definitely. So you'll have to have a listen when uh, when I get it out there. Fab. Thank you so much, Hazel. Thank you, you too. And enjoy the rest of your day. And okay. um, yeah, give big love to your granddad. I will do. Take care. Bye-bye. What's happening? enjoyed talking to Cheska Joy. You really must click along in the link to see the trailer for the play Jadek. I was absolutely blown away by it. It was brilliant. And please do listen to the track, which is music from the attic, with the track See What I Can, which was sent to me by the lovely Lucy Meredith from Bramley Mermaids. It's a brilliant song. It's been supported by Leeds City Council's Wellbeing Fund. Rich Huxley is involved in it, if you know him. He does amazing things. And yeah, I think you're going to really enjoy it. Have a little listen. <laughs> 